You're listening to Around Comics, episode 302. tape oh it's tape yeah i'm recording this all on uh, real to real <laughs> we've gone analog <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like the quality the sound quality man it's it so is richer. It is. you know it's okay so i started buying vinyl about two years ago because i am a nerd you are a super uh, hipster it's a super hipster hipster nerd and um the 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 similarities between collecting vinyl and being a comic collector are so eerily similar uh, that it, it is the same fucking thing. It is absolutely the same thing. Really? You yeah. find it like there's an obsessive quality to like, I need oh, that. Yes, it is absolutely. It, I mean, going into a record store and rifling through the, the, the vinyl bins is the exact same tactile experience as going to a comic shop and going through, you know, the, the quarter bins or whatever it's, it's, it is, it is so ridiculously the same and, you know, quality of the, of the records and, you know, I am beeping. I'm sorry. I'm texting Tom because he's texting me. Okay. I thought it was shit. I thought it was me. What Um, kind of a professional are you, man? Turn off your phone. What's wrong with you? (laughs) It was you. Um, no, it's it's the same. Th- it's totally the same thing. It's like, oh, I've got to get you know. Well, I've got I've got to go to the shop and you know tell the guy that I'm looking for you know blood and chocolate because it's going to finish off my Elvis Costello collection. You know, it's like looking for that you know one last X Men issue to finish off your run or whatever. It's it's the same fucking. Well, thing. there's also a art quality to it. I mean, you don't have the, oh, sure. the the beautiful art that you have you know inside of an album. You don't you know we lost that with cds even um it's back it's back it's back in albums oh yeah for sure for sure you know i have to admit i you know 10 years ago i would have mercilessly made fun of you for Mm -hmm. being a um 10 years ago well yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for collecting uh vinyl but i'll be honest there's part of me that i don't i so rarely listen to music other than on the radio, on the way to work, mm-hmm. occasionally, and that's sure. even rare because most of the time I'm either listening to a podcast or an audiobook. Um, but when I do want to sit down and listen to it, it's like, oh, I could totally like make it a sort of habit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah experience. Yeah, I um, I found um, Def Leppard High and Dry nice. at a, at a shop, and there is nothing 
funner for me than, you know, cause I work out of my home office, uh, most of the time, there is nothing more fun for me than going and grabbing high and dry and throwing that on the turntable and turning it up to like 11 when there's no one in the house except for me and the dogs and absolutely rocking out to, to <laughs> Def Leppard. And I am the biggest, oldest, baldest white man nerd ever. And it is the best. I did, absolutely adore it. Did you, um, <laughs> Did you see the Dirt, the Motley Crue biography on Netflix? Oh, the the no, the Crue documentary. No, <laughs> I have not. It's not a documentary. I, it's a it's a biography. I mean, it's actors it's playing them. It's not. Oh, oh, God, oh. So it's 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 a it's a it's a it's it's an actual movie. Yeah, yeah. It's an actual. Oh, movie. really? It's based on the book by Nikki Six. He wrote a book called The Dirt. Uh, oh, this kind of all the dirt from their lives. Um, uh, it was pretty good. It was fun. I mean, I every I, every everything you didn't want to know about Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a great. Uh, speaking of of rock documentaries, have you seen the Twisted Sister documentary? I have not. It has and fucking fantastic. Well, it is a. It, it captures that point in time on the East Coast. I, I've talked to I talk, Dave Windorf. Oh, I was maybe, talking to Dave. Maybe Windorf. I did see that. I did see that. It, is, it was excellent. So, you're right. It was so good. It was. Yeah. I would talk to Wendorf about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, it just captured that you know okay, New yeah. York, New Jersey." Yeah, I mean, yo, I mean, he was at that point. He was what in a band called Shrapnel um, out there, and uh, it just just captured that time. It was so good, so good. Yeah, I it was, I don't even remember the name of it. And but I didn't it was, know. It, I didn't know really any of that. Like their early days, like that kind of. I didn't. Yeah. I had no idea about. Really, they sold they story. sold out Madison Square Garden before they were signed to a record yeah, contract. That's crazy. Oh, I saw him um, at Riot Fest, uh, D. Snyder. Um, okay, which was really interesting. He was great, and he really, he <laughs> didn't do he didn't do any of the Twisted Sister stuff. He just mm-hmm. did like a bunch of classic rock songs, and he was amazing. I, I, I sat like six feet away from D. Snyder at the uh, the downtown Chicago production of D. Snyder's. It was not a rocking Christmas, but uh, Marta would. But he he did a he did a, a, a Christmas musical a few oh, years really? ago. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. it, it was it was like a heavy metal Christmas musical. It was nice. fantastic, and and he was in Chicago for like two weeks uh, over Christmas doing did you- it. And, did you mm-hmm. ever go see um, Brian Setzer when he did his Christmas shows? No, but I bet that was amazing. Yeah, he did some amazing Christmas shows uh, and, you know, full orchestra, uh, just rocking out Brian Setzer Orchestra Christmas oh. stuff. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It, it, it's so weird because, you know, I think about the Stray Cats and that's got to be, what, 85, 86, right around in there? Yeah, that sounds about right. And that I think I I had that on cassette, and the oh absolutely the 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 stray the stray cats that is so kind of intertwined at that time when I was really getting into comics you know it's that was that was that that childhood you know nugget of of you know culture whenever the stray cats hit that was the same time that you know I was re- that's like crisis and DKR and all of that was kind of happening at the same time so you know Brian Setzer in a real like weird fucking way is is very tied to like Frank Miller and John Byrne for me 
I could see that. Yeah, for sure. That you time know? period, it just is all oh, meshed together. Yeah, it's a big that, soup. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I'm trying to think if I like musically what I would tie into that time period for me. I mean, it was definitely the Misfits were a band that I was listening to a lot and a lot of that kind of stuff, Zeppelin and oh. that kind of thing. But oh, pr- Prince, big time. Oh yeah, for sure, Prince. Uh, yeah around that time yeah there's so much back then god what is this this is around music around around yes around around vinyl you're listening to around vinyl (laughs) we got a new show we're just going to talk about vinyl album that's what we're going to do let's do a new a whole new podcast just talking about vinyl that we collect week to week because we're listenership listenership will skyrocket right it probably will yeah (laughs) yeah we'll we'll get flanagan on flanagan's he's a big he's a big vinyl nerd um you know, the weird thing about it um, is most – so I, I this is like everyone. Okay, so whenever I first started reading comics, there was this uh, shitty little used bookstore in Marion, Illinois that I would go to, and but they sold comics. And they um, – wow, my volume just jumped. I'm, I'm calling Tom. He just – Oh, okay. So we are uh, – well, that's funny. There's a there's – a, um, there's a used bookstore right by my house here that sells vinyl now. And that's what's kind of good. Because I stop in there every once in a while to sure. go through the stacks and try and find something I want. But, and then... but what was funny about this the, the store is that I would go there and he'd have like X-Men number one. Like seriously, he had X-Men number one there. And I think it was like $200 at the time. You know, <laughs> if I had only known, if right? Only. Um but it was in terrible fucking condition, just absolutely terrible. And I was like, someone's going to spend $200 on that. And he was like, well, yeah, but they buy it. These people buy these things because it reminds them of when they were kids. These are the comics that they read whenever they were kids. And so they're, it's valuable to them. And so it's now with like vinyl. That's the same thing is that I'm looking for records of shit that I was listening to in the late Mm eighties through the nineties. The only problem with that, because I'm always at the ass end of this crap, is that in the 90s, that's the, like the lowest production levels of vinyl ever. And there were actually a lot of stuff that just never came out on vinyl. So if something was released on vinyl in the in the, the mid-90s, it's fucking expensive. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. I, and my dad always says, I always know how to find the most expensive things. Um like uh, <laughs> I have expensive habits. Uh, like Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Have you ever? Have you ever? You have not, obviously. But have you ever done looked? For, uh, done, have Have you ever looked for Tom Petty's uh, Wildflowers on uh, on vinyl? I have not. I haven't looked it's, for anything on vinyl. It's like seven hundred fucking dollars. Jesus, really? Yeah, because they only made like five thousand of them. Oh. Well, Tom, I just wanted to let you know. Uh, thanks for joining Around Vinyl. We're talking all albums, all vinyl. Guys, albums. I'm I am really into this topic. I have <laughs> We've decided to start a whole new podcast. Because I, you know, I yeah, like anything from the '90s, like right when you get into the mid '90s when vinyl like was essentially dead, like they didn't make anything. So yeah. it all. It was CD, man. Nobody needed yeah, vinyl. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, 
the and yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I haven't looked for a wildflower, but I can imagine. Yeah, they probably only made a couple thousand. Yeah, if it's, that. Like, it's like yeah. seven or eight hundred dollars. Um, yeah. you know, try try and find some sweet black crows on vinyl. <laughs> I think it's I awful. Have, I think I have a black crows <laughs> album on vinyl somewhere laying around. Probably worth seventy or eighty bucks. Damn. I'll tell you what. The, as I've as, as I've had children, I really thank the internet for existing for buying vinyl because sure. so you when you go and do like a record store like a badly organized record store <laughs> and you're just like oh fuck this like like i literally have to look through everything to maybe find something which i enjoyed when i was younger but mm. now i just look at it and i'm like oh god like really like I have to like just those badly off the ties. This is how we started. I was like, this this hobby is exactly like fucking collecting comics. Yeah, it's like oh god, like <laughs> I'm so like uh, I I buy a lot of stuff off like Discogs dot Yeah, it's great. It's like oh, this is like a record store that's organized. We've got <laughs> like, our first sponsor already for yeah. the new podcast Discogs yeah. I mean, there's some nice record. There are record stores that are very well organized, and they're great. Oh, did we lose you? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it was funny. I went to um, uh, Austin a couple weeks ago uh, during South by Southwest. It wasn't planned. It was an accidental trip to South South by Southwest. I was. I, I wasn't there for South by Southwest, and I bought the tickets not knowing that South by Southwest was going on at the time. I was going <laughs> to visit my uncle. Um, it's and, a pretty chill event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I end up uh, in Austin. Uh, I'm on like Sixth Street in you know during this. It's I think I went on a Wednesday of the week Gigantic of South by Southwest. Fest. Yeah, it was insanity. It was really cool. I had a great time. It was really. Is it really... even about music anymore? Um, it definitely is. Definitely about music still, but also about a lot of other things. And um, it's it, it's craziness. It's just absolutely bonkers. But it was it was it was neat. But um, the like the amount of vinyl stuff that was around at like booths because there was I went to um. The one thing that was going on that I was actually able to go to because I didn't have any tickets for South by Southwest, uh, but there was a gaming convention, and in the gaming convention was a they call it like a flat art uh, convention. Basically, it's a bunch of like illustrators with their posters. It's sort of okay. like Artist Alley. Um, it's like an Artist Alley, but it's like high end graphic designers more than like comic oh. artists. Yeah, it was kind of okay. cool. And a lot of concert art, and then a lot of vinyl. Oh, that's like, cool. Like, there was, like, little shops selling vinyl, and then it'd be, like, uh, clothes and, like, jewelry, and it was did weird. Every, did everyone have twirly mustaches? <laughs> no, not, not, not as many as you would think, actually. <laughs> okay. Like, surprisingly, tons of yeah, beards. I'm twirling my mustache right now. It, it, <laughs> sound, it sounds like a lot of mustache wax <laughs> no. in that place. No, honestly, it wasn't <laughs> as much as you would think, but... Austin during South by Southwest was interesting. Uh, yeah, oh, I it bet. Was, I bet it was it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, that was the vinyl. The vinyl thing is is strong, and and a lot of poster, a lot of like concert art, psychedelic concert art posters for sale by like you know twenty two year olds that are doing like fish posters, and there was a lot of like 
Queens of the Stone Age posters and a lot of um, really, yeah. I found it kind of odd, like strange. And I like Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, so do I. I but yeah. it, it was just like, why has everybody got Queens of the Stone Age? And there were there was a couple other bands. There was a couple of newer bands, but there was a bunch of Post Malone stuff. And um, I'm trying to think of there was another band. I can't remember the name of it, but a newer band. But but there were some odd ones too that like, you know how like when you go through Artist Alley and. And everybody has their version of whatever hot, you know, Deadpool. Here's my Deadpool mm-hmm. print yeah. that, that's for sale. Everybody. Why is everyone doing Mysterio? It, yeah, it was like everybody, <laughs> like every other vendor or every other artist had a, either a fish poster or a Queens of the Stone Age poster. It was, it was just <laughs> odd. Okay. Yeah. Very but, cool. All right. So um, are we going to talk comics on this final podcast or are we going to? But, I was going to say that the, the parallel between comics and record comic stores and record stores is very on point. You know, everyone's been in a comic store where it's just like, oh, fuck this. I'm not going to find anything in here. You know, and then you go search and it's literally 99 percent garbage, mm-hmm. literally like stuff that like you're like, who is ever in a thousand years going to buy this record or this comic <laughs> like yeah. like right that just there's there's, there, there's a lot of strike, there's, there, there's a lot of strike force like number 12 yeah. in there hey remember it's like <laughs> no, there's never out no one's ever gonna buy this somebody ever. somebody <laughs> out there is uh stilt man's biggest fan don't forget that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like when you go through it but it's true you know like uh the, the comic you know comic store is just endless series of boxes where you're just like why why no one's gonna buy it like no one's gonna buy this like right and you're looking at the records and you're like i don't think anyone's gonna buy like this bread record you know, like <laughs> it's just like it's, it's, it's the parallels are very. I, I I would buy a bread record. Well, see, there it is. There's always there one weirdo. Yeah, you know, there was a comedian that did the uh, um, uh, classic rock and roll um, uh, combos, and uh, it was like bread and meatloaf together again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and you're never gonna find Amazing Fantasy 15 in the in the. The, right. the dollar bits. It's never going to be there. Chris, do you remember that pot, uh, not pocket, that uh, comic book store by uh, where we used to both work? That was just like the worst example of a comic book store ever. It was just like, oh my God. It was <laughs> it's this, it's yeah. still there. It's the really? same. Yeah. Really? I don't know how. No, the, the, it's still there. I don't know. It's now, still the worst, there. The worst example of a comic store ever in, on oh, uh, near Dark Tower, where we used to record. Oh, yeah, Variety is now no longer there. It is. I think that guy finally, finally kicked it. Um, but uh, that was those stores were were two peas in a pod. It was the you know shit just stacked up literally to the ceiling, no filing system oh, yeah. whatsoever. It was just yeah the, the worst was, and uh, an asshole it, who ran it. Yeah, just a yes. dick. and yeah. just an absolute dick who ran it. Exactly. Yeah. There's a comic <laughs> store in Oak Park that is like that's the it. quintessential that's, the one. <laughs> that's, it. that's it that is that is the store tom it's the quintessential <laughs> like, terrible from outside looking at like just every time i drive past it i'm like i don't want to go in there and i <laughs> like is, comic that, books is, that, is the, that is the store <laughs> it's just when you can see from the window just shit just like Piled fucking up. stacked just we- like we went it in looks- there and it was like you couldn't walk through. You had to navigate yeah. in like this serpentine 
you know, mm-hmm. path between stacks of comics, just garbage everywhere. It's like, how is this a store? How is this an operating business? It's like hoard. <laughs> yeah. It's, a it's like a business license. It's hoarding with a business license. <laughs> yes. It's like the only. It, yeah. It's like there needs to be an intervention. Uh, now, now I actually, I, I did mention to these folks that I would, that I would um, call them out uh, in an, in a nice way. Uh, I live in Milwaukee now and I live around the corner from collector's edge North and it is a darling store and I've enjoyed going and shopping there and uh, 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 bell and the other folks there are great. So that, that is the opposite of that. It's a very well, well kept store and I enjoy I enjoy shopping there. Ding. So is that a ding. plug? Yeah. A plug. yeah, sponsor us. No. <laughs> yeah, I've never even gone in the park one. Like my son is like, oh look, they have like Spider Man outside. I'm like, we're not going. <laughs> Are you at no park now? Yeah. Oh, I live in park. Yeah. oh well. Look I at you. Moving out yeah. world. Oh, yeah. I work in Forest Park. We're right there. Ah. Yeah. There I used work, to be I a live... nice shop in Forest Park. Uh, or maybe it was Oak Park. I can't remember. Uh, on Madison Street, it was called uh, Deviant or something like that. Yeah. And they went out of business. They were a nice small shop, but they uh, they went out of. They only lasted about yeah. a year and a half or two years. Yeah, I, we bought a house in Oak Park. I live in oh. Oak Park. No, oh, nice. congratulations! Is yeah. it a Fra- is it a Frank Lloyd Wright house? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> wow. Tom's we doing bought half. Well. No, we only, we only bought half of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Tom's done well for himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm going to grab a beverage and then we what? should come back for the intro. We're taking a <laughs> we're taking a break here? Yeah, it's an intermission. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, Tom right comes back. on and Chris leaves. All right. No, see, yeah. Just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> well, I I visited a nice comic shop, actually two different comic shops. There was one I, one of the n- nicest and well-run comic shops I think I've ever been to is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, it's Vault of Midnight. And I think it's a chain. I think there's a few of them in Michigan, but I went to the one in Grand Rapids. Yeah. Awesome shop. Awesome little shop and, and great people working there. That was really cool. And then there was a shop in Austin that I went to that was, like everything in Austin, it was, it was half a comic book shop. The other half of it was... A toy museum, like an '80s toy museum. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, of course, beer. There was like six or seven craft oh, yes, beers. <laughs> there you go. That's that the perfect was, match. Yeah. They, that 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 is like a, a genre of store. Just like the 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 other genre of store is like the just we have a bunch of old collectibles. It could yeah. be comics. Could be posters. Could be could be t-shirts. action figures. Yeah. Could be t-shirts. It's just all kind of just nostalgia. Yeah, just whatever you're looking for. There's three or four of those on on Sixth uh, Street, I think, in Austin, where it's just like they're they're really close to like the t-shirt shops you would find in like Florida. If you went to like Day- Daytona Beach and you're walking down, you know, yeah. by the beach, there's like 17 different little <laughs> tourist yes. trap, you know, uh, you know. Uh, kind of kitschy little uh, trinket stores that sell t-shirts and keychains. It's like, they're like that, but it's like you said, it's like retro toys and, and yeah. you know, nostalgic stuff as opposed to... What's funny if it's, um, uh, I took my son into one of those ones just because he likes to look at 
like old toys and stuff. And there's always like the thin line between like, is this toy my son touching one dollar or three hundred dollars? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, I can't tell the difference. And right. You've not differentiated any of these things. Yeah, from is, is this the four dollar Robbie the robot <laughs> or the the you know still in the box? You know, yeah. gonna, gonna like, wait a second. College tuition, Robbie. Is this is twenty five dollar action figure my son just threw across the. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, that was. Yeah. I, I was at the comic shop in Austin, and like I was, I was, I told Tom it was like half a comic shop, and then the other half was like an '80s toy museum that you had to pay to go into. And I didn't. I'm like, I grew up with all these toys. I don't really need to see them again. <laughs> but the funny thing, like, I, I just, I was like walking in because I, I didn't know you had to pay, and the guy stopped me. He's like, Oh, this is actually. A pay section. Like, All right. Well, uh, that's fine. So I got a you glance of five dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like eight bucks get... or something. I'm like, no. But um, um like later in the <laughs> week, I went to a flea market in in Texas, and did they make you pay to go in there? They did not. And I think half of the toys I found in, in the flea market <laughs> are also in the '80s toy museum. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. There's a shit. Where was I? It was maybe South Bend has a, an arcade museum, which is it's a working working arcade. Nice. Which is in I think you you pay to get in, but then all the games are are free, which is is cool. It's not it's not as great as you know like the beer cades that are around where mm-hmm. you know you go and you know. Galloping Ghost in uh, Brookfield is mm-hmm. i think it's the largest working arcade in the world now it's, it's really got, yeah it's like 15 bucks to go in there and all the games oh. are free and it's oh, all retro cool. games how, um, what are the condition of the games because this is my biggest problem with barcades is like half the games are broken no, mm. generally, like if you most everything is working if it's not it's 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 you know it's rare i mean they'll and they have like duplicates of games you know, okay. they might have three joust machines or they might, you yeah. know, if it's a popular game, they'll have three or four of them. Yeah. My biggest part, you know, go to a barcade. And this is some barcades are better than others about this. Mm-hmm. About, the like maintenance of, yeah. about the maintenance of the games where it's like you go in and like half the games are broken. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is what our kids are like. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now you can't really fix. I mean, you know, it's harder to yeah. get parts, I think. Did, did they have Aladdin's castles around you guys? No, we had a enchanted huh. castle. Uh, God, the name sounds familiar. Yeah, that was that was the that was the mall arcade oh, okay. where we grew up. Where, where Aladdin's castle? Maybe I don't I don't yeah. think so. I don't think I, I, there was there was a mall arcade, but I can't remember what its name was. I don't mm-hmm. When I lived when I lived in Madison in college, there was an arcade across the street from my apartment called ping time and it was great <laughs> ping, ping time ping time p-i-n-g that actually makes a lot of sense ping time ping, ping, and they had a they had a doctor ping, who pinball machine what's that? Oh. i spent a lot of time oh i want like, i i know that pinball machine and this is like this is like you know old white man middle-aged crisis need that in my basement kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you guys, you're both now that you're both Wisconsinites. Um, uh, no, the the proper term is Scani. Scani's. That's, that's, that's not better. Uh, yeah, not better. 
Have you either of you guys been to House on the Rock? I've not. No, I have not. I, I drive past it twice a week. Really? Yeah, I, I drive know. past. Yeah, I drive past it basically twice a week. Um, I need to. Uh, it, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're gonna go this summer. It's let's like make, a summer thing to do let's here. Do a road trip around comics goes to House on the Rock. Oh, all right. <laughs> Oh, I'm totally down. And we can uh, then go to a Brewers game. All right. Yeah. We I'm can visit comic book. We can find a bad comic book shot. <laughs> and just like, wow. Oh, God. All right. Shall we intro night, this man. Thing? Are we going to intro this thing? Uh, sure. We can do that. All right. You want me to give you a countdown or something? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. Right. Let's save the intro for the end. Now that we're... well, no, we Sal and I talked about this. We're 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 doing kind of modern style where we're oh. going to do the intro like ten pages into the comic. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, and then there there may be some where we do it at the end. You know, yeah. just because we're uh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's very modern. We're breaking style. rules, man. We're breaking the rules. You know, we can't. Uh... But if I wrote comics, I wouldn't intro it until the end of the sixth issue. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. You're not getting credits. You're not getting shit until you're not going to be able to know who the anchor is. Yeah, who, <laughs> who did this? Who is this? What, what's the name of this story? You need to know you get who the nothing. editor is. Yeah, you, my friend, get nothing. <laughs> nothing but art. Yeah, story nothing. for six. Exactly. Issues. For six, that's it. That's all you get. <laughs> All right, and here we go. In three, two, one. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Mr. Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. Hello. And we are joined by the man in the middle, uh, new resident of Oak Park, Illinois, Mr. Tom Caters. Hi. Hi. I mean, I've lived here for like two years, but I mean, I guess relatively, there's people that lived here longer. If you you haven't seen, yeah, there's a lot of people in Oak Park. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if it's new to you, you know. Um, Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. uh, Well, not really shitty. But, uh, you know, you don't want to hear about my plumbing issues I've been dealing with for a week. No, Uh, not really. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, don't care. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not interested <laughs> um i was in florida for six days uh, that's the worst than having plumbing issues <laughs> yeah pretty much well there were plumbing issues uh involved with that um uh and before that i, w- I was insane i was at uh the san diego convention center oh for a convention, for a convention. <laughs> That was not comic. Uh, comic. <laughs> it's a big. It's a big building. I will. I will give it that. <laughs> so it's, was. Was it? Uh, was there cosplayers at this convention? Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of women in tight spandex. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is. That is a true statement. It was a fitness show. Um, so yeah, I was out in out in San Diego uh, for uh, for a convention. So I I saw the the grounds where the San Diego Comic Con, which I will probably probably never attend. Um, ha- hollowed grounds. The hollowed grounds. Yeah. Um, the mythic. The mythic grounds. It's like it, now, 
What was weird is that you see pictures from from San Diego San Diego Comic Con of like the cosplayers on the the steps outside. I saw those steps. You've seen you know the picture of like the escalators with like the single solitary stormtrooper. I Mm. saw those escalators. I was like, oh, I've seen that in a picture before. So that was kind of that was kind of interesting, but. While I was out there, um, my uh, my very friendly boss and uh, um, and and big boss and little boss uh, took me out for my birthday. I was out there, and we went and saw Captain Marvel. Have you guys seen Captain Marvel? I did. Yes. I have not yet. It, yeah, I don't, uh, you can talk about it as much as you want. You God will knows, enjoy God it. Knows <laughs> when I'll, God knows when I'll see it. You will <laughs> see it uh, when it's available at the Red Box, and you're like, I can sneak <laughs> two hours <laughs> later tonight yeah. to see this. God knows. When it's on Netflix or whenever Disney launches their streaming service <laughs> and all the Marvel movies on there. Um, I'm like years behind, but I'm I so feel free though. I will not remember what you say by the time. <laughs> oh, you've gotten to that point in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Recollection is gone. Like, uh, ah, they talking about this. It was good. I, I enjoyed. It. it was unabashedly a girl power movie, which is absolutely fine. I, I w- love is it, it. Chris? You allow it? You allow it? it, it a straight white male? I you allow, allow it to happen? Girl power. Um, <laughs> no, it was. Chris, I mean, it, Chris so, gives it a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> but Sal, would you agree? I mean, unabashedly, a, uh, unabashedly a girl power movie, which is fine. <clears throat> Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, it, was a, it, was, it is fine, and it was a. Uh, it's fine. It's it was fine. Definitely a, a, a female empowerment film, I would say. A, a little. Just fine. Um, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool. Fine. It's I cool. No, I have no problem with that whatsoever. I mean, uh, but it was it was over the top a a female empowerment movie. I mean, which is fine. It's good. It was all good. It's cool. It's it's cool. Totally cool that it was uh, unabashedly and ham fistedly. A female empowerment. I feel like we should just stop talking about it. I feel like we're digging I, ourselves into a hole. I enjoyed it greatly. Get uh, but I will, I will admit to being a terrible comic book fan because I did not pick up on the uh, the uh, the other Captain Marvel character in, until later. Huh? You you didn't get the scrolls part of it? No, I got the scrolls. I didn't get Mark Rambo until later. Oh yes, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. You got that right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got I got Nick Fury in that. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't. I, I didn't piece together. Uh, it's, it's Monica Rambo, right? Yes, her mother was uh, was uh, was uh, friend Carol Dan- Carol, Carol Danvers, Danvers' partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not that way I, partner. Well, I not mean, that, maybe not that kind of partner. Which yes. is fine. Flight, flight. Which is fine. <laughs> Fine, which is fine. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't piece together the other Captain Marvel until a little bit later, and then I was oh. like, "No, oh, that's so brilliant." So yeah, good. I, 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 yeah, I picked that up pretty quickly. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was, um, you know, I think my biggest complaint about it is really, uh, I think Brie Larson is kind of boring. Uh, yeah, she was good. I mean, she had the she had the kind of you know stoic, bad acid, bad acid nist that you needed in that character i need you know that's yes no i don't know i just think she's not a terrific actress quite honestly and I, I uh she, she, didn't she win an oscar did she i don't know yeah i, I think no so idea. maybe 
For what? Yeah. Which is fine. Not for this. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> Which is fine. That's great. I, I allow her to win. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, no, I just, I don't know. I, I thought it no, was, was, because part of the whole beginning, or most of the film, you know, the, the, the sort of idea of, um, you know, being controlled by the Krees and not letting your emotions out and that kind of thing, which you know, was a part of the storyline and the, the whole female empowerment thing. Uh, I kind of thought that was a choice by her. Like she was very stoic and holding her emotions in check. But even after that sort of was done with, or that played out, I, I never really felt much from her. I just, I just didn't feel like she really emoted much to me. Well, but I, mean, other than she, that, I mean, she, she, she's a warrior, you know, military, kind of if eh, i yeah, don't want to say I, wouldn't maybe. you know you know i i thought it fit, i thought it fit the character very well which but there were there were times of tenderness there um you know she'd crack a smile and there were there were you know moments of of connection with with people that i you know i thought was um were, were good in the movie um it, it is definitely in my upper half of marvel movies and I thought it was a good primer into uh, Endgame, which is out in what two weeks? Is it already? Jesus! I think I think it's like two or three weeks from now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I get to decide if I'm gonna. That is gonna be the biggest movie of all time. By the way. Yeah, probably. Like, I'm waiting in line right now. I'm recording this. <laughs> yes, you're you're right outside of the AM. I spent $1,000 on a ticket. (laughs) As soon as I got the Fandango alert, I went out. I was like, I have to go. (laughs) I'll see it now. I will not be waiting in line to see that. I will see it, but uh, I will not see it probably opening weekend. Um, I'll admit that it took me two watches to get through Infinity War just because I'm like an old person. And you have children. And I, and I fell asleep at one point, and I woke up. I was like, "What? Everyone's fighting! What's happening?" I couldn't understand what was going on. I was like, "What?" Bruce, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it when I was managed to sit through it. Eventually, eventually, I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good." Now, have have both of you guys gotten the DC Universe uh, subscription? Yes. Yes. Well, I. I've been traveling a lot. Like say, I was in San Diego, I was in Florida, I was in Texas. I've been jumping around all over the place since the last time we we recorded, which has meant a lot of time in in airports and airplanes and hotels. So I've been consuming a lot of uh, DC Universe, which is uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that now. It's I already feel like I've gotten my uh, my subscriptions worth in the last in the last month. I watched. Uh, all of Titans season one. I watched all of the um, three point one season of Young Justice. I've read a bunch of comics. It's uh, I've um, I think I'm Did like watch Doom Patrol. I'm like five episodes into Doom Patrol. Okay, cool. And I've, I am enjoying it. It's um, the, it's that's a kind of a deliberate show in its in its pacing and. I haven't like been like totally binging it like I did Titans, um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm, it certainly touches on some, you know, on some deeper subjects which I like, and the characters obviously all flawed and don't get along. And um, I, the thing I'm- I, 
the go thing, ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, having just read like the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol omnibus, the one thing mm-hmm. that impresses me about the show is I kind of feel like the show is a really nice definitive version of it. You know what I mean? You know, there's so it's, many it's, different. It's, it's not. It's not his version, or it's, it's not the. It's not anyone not in particular. Yeah, but it's like a mix of all of them. And did, it's did, sort absolutely of Doom Patrol too. Yeah. Did, did, did you guys like, catch the, the the Grant Morrison name drop in the first or se- probably the second episode? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like a really good distillation of the Doom Patrol in like yeah. a way that I think is very actually accessible. Because I feel like the Doom Patrol isn't always necessarily accessible because there's so many versions and there's so many people have had their takes on it. And Was it Ar- most... Arnold Drake? Was Arnold Drake the first writer? Yeah. Like back in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah. But just like the, the it's always, I, you, I've always enjoyed the Doom Patrol, but I can't say there's ever been a version of it that I'm like, that is the definitive, like if someone was to ask me what the Doom Patrol is about, I don't know if I recommend the Grant Morrison. I don't know what one I would recommend. And, and I'd I, be I, like, "There's a bunch of different ones. I guess try them and see." But the TV show feels like a really interesting. Like I was like, "That is the Doom Patrol." That, yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's a mix of all of them. Scott, it's like mixed them all together, and I think in a lot of ways has taken certain storylines and actually made them better and more clear. Mm-hmm. And given the characters more depth, uh, you know, beyond it, even like Negative Man. Like, I don't know if there's ever been a version of even in Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, mm-hmm. like where Remus is like the super interesting character. But I don't know if he's a deep character as much as it is like a cipher for all kinds of different things. I don't know if you ever feel empathy or understand that character beyond just like the the storytelling techniques he's using. So I feel like the TV show, I'm like, oh, I actually have some sort of empathy for that character or for Elastigirl, who is also another character that I don't know if anyone's ever spent that much time making them interesting. Yeah, finding Other, out who, who Rita Farr yeah. is. And so, they don't get in. I mean, she's not a, at this point in the series with me watching it, she's not a super character. She's yeah. basically just trying to keep her shit together. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a really interesting point you make Tom, because I think that's a lot of comics. Um, when they've been retold over and over and different writers work with them, they end yeah. up being the characters lose so much because you find, you know, writers don't really write stories that are character based outside of, the character you know what i mean so it's like if you're writing a batman story all you're really writing is is using batman to tell a story as opposed Mm -hmm. to most writers don't tell a story that has anything to do with batman or or evolves batman or 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 like you said makes him any deeper or more interesting of a character they're just using him as a tool because to be honest in that medium it's a waste of time most of the time right like your audience isn't looking for your audience knows who Batman is, right? So it's like, unless you have some amazing insight that someone hasn't covered, which is possible. Certainly people have done it here and there. But there's literally thousands of Batman stories, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, um, in, 
and in the same sense with Doom Patrol, you know, so many people. I think in an even a, a broader sense, the idea of like so many people have had their hands on those characters and have relaunched them and reintroduced them and have like this is my take on Doom Patrol that I can kind of feel like I don't even know what version of Doom Patrol is, I'm looking at. I'll, 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 I'll always remember it, you know, back in the, back in the day when we talked to Matt Fraction, when he was most known for Casanova, he said that the, the job of, of a writer in mainstream comics is to, is to take a character and break them and then put them back together as artfully as possible and then hand them off to the next person. Mm-hmm. And that that's why you 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 see, you know, Daredevil and and Batman and Spider-Man, all of these stories that just you know go on and on and on and they just get passed along. With Doom Patrol, that's kind of a different it's a different set of characters and I don't know if they've been artfully put back together to hand off to the next person because they've often cancelled. Yes, they just it's get just... cancelled. <laughs> they're it's they're not... not artfully put back together. They're together. they're yeah. you know, so and I feel that in, in which is, is kind of a nice place to be. It, you know, in this in this T V show and then reading in the comics that you don't you don't know where they're gonna go because there are no like cherished artifacts that yeah. have to be protected. They're kind of just like plucking things from here and there mm-hmm. to like use in a story, right? Like it's all recognizably Doom Patrol, but it's not beholden to any particular thing, you know, like you're saying, you know, it's like no one's sitting there like they have to tell this Doom Patrol story. Yeah. You know, you know, like so, they're able to just kind of you know, like this is one with this. Deal. It's not going to be on the on the NBC News that oh, NBC decides to kill Cliff Steele. Yeah, know? so like they kind of can just like pluck these interesting stories and characters, and like uh, you're probably not far enough where like they have like there's uh, other Doom Patrol characters that are introduced, I think, in an interesting way, mm-hmm. just where they just kind of like used to tell like a nice simple story which i can't say doom patrol has ever had the benefit (laughs) 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 yeah and i i have to say like i've oh i think i said this last time we talked you know it's like i've always liked doom patrol the idea more than i've really liked any of the comics like i've always found the comics a little you know the silver age stuff is fun but it's you know, it, it, it's not particularly deep. And then yeah. Morrison stuff is too... Morrison. Yeah, Morrison. You know what I mean? It's Morrison. Like it's, yeah. And the show is perfect for me because it's like, oh, I, I love all this, you know, these characters. I love the idea of them. And I just want to see cool stories with them. And I love that they're... it's completely bizarre and weird and strange. And they're all really fucked up people. Uh, it is it is the first time I've ever liked Cyborg as a character. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, are you there, Tom? You're, he's cutting out. He's he's cutting out. I think he he agrees with everything we just said. Of course. <laughs> I said that. Nope, it's not happening, Tom. <laughs> Poor Tom. Oh, this is must be Oak Park. It's those old. It's the, it's it's the, the old Park internet Park. lines in Oak Park. 
It's the Frank Lloyd Wright house. It doesn't. It wasn't built for internet. <laughs> the old copper lines of Oak yeah. Park. Yeah, he's still on like gaslight, right? There he is. What were you saying about right. Cyborg, Tom? I was saying, yeah. I mean, they've like never treated that character. They've wanted that character to be important and interesting, but have yet to make him important or interesting. I got I got really drunk and belligerent on another podcast way back in the day, <laughs> talking about Cyborg and my disdain for that character because I was tired of him being rammed down our throats as being a likable, important character that I have never fucking found important or likable wow. ever. And yeah. they, can't, they made him likable. Yeah. Like yeah. made it make sense. Like ah, oh, it's like oh, I get it. I get what he is now. Yeah. That was my son. Like when when he first saw that he was going to be on Doom Patrol, I was like, eh, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want Cyborg. I'm like, yeah, but he's a different. Yeah. I think he's a different kind of Cyborg in this, and yeah. he was. Yeah, I want Gar. Where's Gar? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's you know? To, there's your transition. Uh, you guys watched uh, Titans, yeah. Yes, yes. We talked about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really, really liked it. I was I was shocked by how much I liked. I liked it so much. I was I had to get up at six a.m. in in uh, San Diego to go to a trade show, and I was binge watching Titans until like one thirty in the morning. Going like, oh, I can't watch one more. Eh, okay, maybe just one more. Um, <laughs> I really really liked Titans. It was uh, you know it. it not a perfect show by any means. Um, I think they tried to, you know, tried to be a little too adult at, 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 at moments, maybe a too, you know, too much on the, on the mature scale. Um, but it was good. I, I really liked it. Um, certainly a cliffhanger at the end. So I'm looking forward to season two. And to tie all our threads together from our first episode, I finished black hammer. <laughs> the first volume i got around to reading all of it isn't it good yeah it was awesome i liked yeah. it yeah, yeah. I, I it was um you know using our, our parent catchphrase for this episode about being artful <laughs> you know like if you were to write out what it is and like what the twists to the characters are you could look at that list of things and be like ah oh, okay like, all right, well, this alien, you know, we have, like, a alien who's, like, homosexual, and we have, like, a little girl who's really an adult. You know, like, all those things tropes, could come across. Kind of tropey. Tropes, yeah, or just, like, really, like, not done artfully. Could be just really, like, oh, God, really? Like, just so, <laughs> so like, on the nose, you know? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like, because that's sort of, like, the the the. St- the strength of comics can also be its weakness, right? Like comics can be a really great, simple allegory for things like extremely on the nose allegory, because, you know, when it was a medium built around children, it was like kids like real simple allegories. Like that's sure. what children's stories are built. It has on. always like, been a very powerful, low brow medium. Yeah. So, but it could also be, at times it could be its weakness too, because you can fall into the tropes of like, Oh God, you know, that's why people get bored of gritty reboots of characters. Cause it's like a thing you <laughs> see coming from a thousand miles away. I've like, never literally. been bored by a gritty reboot. <laughs> but you just be like, okay, I know what's going to, I know what they're going to do. You know, like I get it, but uh, it was handled, you know, uh, very well and just done in an interesting way and very empathetic. Like the, just the amount of time they spend, 
making you empathize with these characters in this situation, you know, is makes the what could be like just a trope that would be like, uh, okay, whatever, into a really engaging story. So I, I was really well, interested. Well, the fact that I mean, he's taking you know basically ciphers of of yeah. other characters and and ones you know, which is something we've seen over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, it uh, funny and I just um. I don't know if you guys, either of you saw, there's a Rob Liefeld had a number one come out from Marvel called Major X. <clears throat> and it's a, uh, it's a very Rob Liefeld kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, uh, uh, the way he took ciphers, it worked at a time period mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, take Wolverine and make him into another character and just make it gritty and put a bunch of guns on him And, yeah. you know, and, and it worked at that time in the nineties, you know, the extreme comics kind of revolution, uh, worked, but lots but, of pouches. Yeah. Well, you know, say what you will, but, um, <laughs> but to, you know, we've seen it over and over again, that kind of thing. And sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't work at all, but for him to do that, like you said, and not only do that, take, ciphers of of existing or you know golden age kind of characters um but then you know also put characteristics in them that are topical today but like you said tom if you just sort of wrote it out on a piece of paper what that character was it could have could come off very um you know i don't know i, I don't know what the right word could is. be like you could see someone who's not you could see a not great writer and a not great artist, like do a very hack job of it, yeah, for sure, and like make it sens- sensational, you know, and like mm-hmm. lean into like the, like oh my god, look what they're doing, you know. <laughs> but it's a very human story, very empathetic, so mm-hmm. it never comes across that way as like oh my god, what it, look at this crazy thing they're doing. I mean that that's Lemire's thing when 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 Jeff is is at the top of his game, he creates an emotional connection between you and the characters that he writes. And that's that's what I feel he did in in Black Hammer, just like he did in, you know, Essex County or you know, Sweet Tooth or what he makes he makes you care about those characters. And I it's it's I I need to I need to go back and, and read some of these and and find out the the point when you care about someone because he's really good at creating a, a connection between mm-hmm. you and these characters. And I don't know quite how he does it. Maybe it's because he's Canadian. I don't know. Well and also he does it in a way that you don't feel like it's being fed to you either. You know he does Yeah it it's 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 not forced. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the art too, like the Dean Ormstrom. Ormst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this name out loud for the first time. <laughs> Dean Ormston. Ormston. Mjolnir. Uh, <laughs> Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah. Also, just like the kind of the if you're looking to do that, sort of the perfect art, right? Like not too, like reminiscent of the golden age a little bit, but also mm-hmm. like modern and mm-hmm. re- like emotionally grounded. Like you can tell that they're people like the way he draws them they're superheroes but they're also very real yeah and i keep trying to figure out why i like his art so much like it's it's pretty simple Mm -hmm. relatively speaking it's it's rendered very simply and it's not like i wouldn't call it beautiful 
you know, who was the who was the guy? Oh man, um, ah, it's he's kind of in the the Somni realm, and I'm trying to think of the book that he what that he did. Um, ah, I'll come back to it. Uh, uh, did, if you had the the trade of Black Hammer, did you see the the Lemire sketches from like the early two thousands? Whenever he was actually pitching the book for him to write and draw, I checked. I, I, I checked it out from Hoopla, so I'm sure it's in there. But I'd have to go back. There's a shout out to Hoopla. You can get lots of comics <laughs> on there. Ding. It's a great app. Ding. Great app. Your library. Use your library. It is a great <laughs> app. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Black Hammer, like I said, it it, it just hits all the Schneeberg. Schneeberg. What? Schneeberg. Schneeberg. Schneeberg? Schneeberg. God bless you. Schneeberg. Yes. I think it's, is it Pete Schneeberg? I don't know. I, I, his art is what it reminded me of. Peter Schneeberg. Peter, Peter Schneeberg. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who that is. I'm not familiar with Peter Schneeberg. You would like him. Hey, did you know Dean Ormston, just to, to kind of circle back to something here, he's got a page on Discogs. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all fucking connected. Yeah. 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 So. That's, that's amazing. I just happened to see that on Google as I was Googling his name. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um... Did Schneeberg work on Starman? I don't know who you're talking about. Pete Schneeberg. Schneeberg. Schneeberg? How do you spell it? <laughs> yeah. N- nice try. <laughs> um, Tom there to save me. Schneeberg? I found a Pete Schneeberg, but I think he's an insurance salesman. I don't know. Uh, you'll have to... Anyway, all right. Um, yeah, did we lose Tom? Tom, you there? Yeah. Nope. You're cutting out. You're cutting out. <laughs> nope. 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 It's more. It's more of that 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 Oak Park copper wiring. Tom, are you going back in time? Are you traveling in time right I'm now? Like, I'm like uh, I'm like Colonel. Cur- what's the? Can you hear Colonel me? Weird, Colonel Weird, yeah, Colonel Weird. I'm like Colonel Weird. I just like float in and out <laughs> from like that uh, the Parazone or whatever he's searching through. <laughs> I have. And he's out. Colonel Weird is out. <laughs> Colonel Weird. Oh, you just transferred over to another dimension. All right. Well, what else you been reading, Chris? Anything good? Um, so horror anthologies, I miss them. I yeah. this, is this where we, we started tonight? I think we did. Um, yeah. Then we had some technical difficulties. Um, I love horror anthologies always have from the, uh, uh, the, the EC comics, you know, going forward and Marvel has been putting out some, uh, some journey into books and I got the journey into unknown worlds, which, uh, was kind of like, it, it's very, it is very EC comics, um, uh, uh, weird science, you know, mm-hmm. uh, esque. And, um, the reason I was, I was over at, uh, uh, collector's edge and, uh, saw that, that Colin Bunn 
wrote one of the stories. And if Cullen writes something, chances are I'm going to buy it because he's been one of my favorites from from the you know going back to the damned. And uh, and so yeah, I I, I grabbed it. It was um, what is it? It's uh, comics are expensive. This is like. Three ninety nine. When did comics get so expensive? Uh, we got old. Uh, and they got expensive. I know. What time? I get mine from the library. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas back. <laughs> I'm fading away back into the. <laughs> you are like Colonel Weird. It's, <laughs> it was like you just punched through a, a hole in time and space right there, just just to communicate with us. <laughs> Peter Schneeberg. Oh, we're back to Peter Schneeberg? Peter Schneeberg. Um, he did The White Brigade. You remember The Leap, uh, the White Brigade with Pete Tomasi? No. Uh, he did The Mighty. You remember The Mighty? I do remember The Mighty, yeah. He drew The Mighty. Um... Yeah, I don't remember the art that well. I just remember the he, book. He, he, took, he took over for um, uh, Tony, uh, what's his nuts? Well, what is uh, the point that you want to make of Mr. Schneeberg? He reminds me of the of the, the guy that uh, uh, draws Black Hammer. That reminds it? me. That was all you wanted to fucking point? That's all I wanted to say. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> it's me, Tom, from the future. <laughs> Tom, tell me Chris about is going to waste your Chris is gonna waste your time trying to talk about You're too late, Tom. You're too late. (laughs) Damn you. If only you were (laughs) I could have stopped all this and just said we should just skip skip this entire conversation. He's like Harbinger from Crisis. He just fades in with a warning and then fucking disappears, (laughs) leaving me wondering what the hell is going on. Uh, Don't let him talk about Stayberg. <laughs> don't let Chris. Don't let. Don't let Chris just <laughs> talk about it endlessly. <laughs> the listeners are leaving. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh god, I missed this. Oh. Oh, all right. Ah. Unknown worlds. It's good. <laughs> you should you should read the first issue. Uh, Cohen Bunn and uh, art not by Peter Schneeberg. I think we're. I think that's it. I, I don't. I, I don't think I can continue. <laughs> I don't know. If there's any are we, point. Are we at good? This point. <laughs> are we good? Are we done? Are we wrapping up? Sure. We talked no comics really well, <laughs> at all. A little bit. A little. We touched on it. No one's talking to us. It's been a round final. And Peter Snakebreak. No one wants to hear anything topical from us. This is. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Stop paying us. Yeah, right. Stop visiting our sponsors we don't have. Yeah. Playing with house money, baby. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Are we out? I think I think we could sign off with that. I think that's uh, all right. That's, a, so, that's uh, a solid hour. So uh so this episode of Around Comics has uh been brought to you by no one. Uh <laughs> again. 
again, we will be back uh, in a monthish or so. Too controversial for anyone to sponsor us. You know, hot hot comics takes. You know, comics that came out eight years ago. (laughs) And it was that you could get at the library. And I am okay with girl yeah. power movies, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> we'll be back again uh, in Sometime. the next month <laughs> at some point. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we'll be everywhere in and around, around comics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.